Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm pretty well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yep. Because we we're both busy the one week and then we forgot a week. And then I think we we're busy again. So it's been a while, but we're back. Um, and I mean, you know, in that time... um. It's really kind of just been more of the same from the Panthers this year, hasn't it? Yeah. Bit up, bit down. The stalls are still playing, that type of thing. But this time of year also, uh, by the way, Happy New Year's to all our, our listeners. Wishing everyone the best in 2023. Um, but the World Junior is on right now, um, which personally for me, one of my favorite ter- like hockey tournaments to watch is the World Juniors every year. And I'm not honestly sure like if it's that popular in the US, but here in Canada it's pretty pretty big. Uh and so love watching that and there's been some good games this year so far, some big upsets. There have been and we we started with like the first like there were were a ton of upsets early. Like the first game of the tournament was an upset. I think it was Switzerland beating Finland. Yeah, yeah. So and then that was the first game of the tournament. First game of the tournament uh, was that one, and then Canada losing to Czechia uh, was a big one too. Uh, I think the U.S. and Slovakia was it. Yep, Slovakia ble- beating the U.S. six three. So it's bit it's a it's it's a weird I mean usually usually with the World Juniors there's never that many upsets. There really aren't. Like when when you when you talk about Canada, Sweden, Finland in the US, there are rarely upsets. Right. Like it's usually like it's it's a little different yeah, obviously like, without Russia like, there. But like maybe maybe Switzerland will beat the Czechs or Czechia one year, or maybe like Slovakia will beat um Czechia or like maybe I don't know, you know, like those those happen. Maybe Germany will upset one of those aforementioned teams, but very rarely do do the the big four get get like upset. And usually the main upsets that come with those is like Oh, they beat Switzerland in overtime. Oh, like they, but they they still always come out on top. Exactly right. Like usually, like a team making it close, or even if a team's like, you know, pulls off an upset, it's usually they got like one or two guys that you're thinking, you know, 
they have the potential to pull off an upset like some of those smaller countries with like a, a that have had like a Nico Heischer or a Philip Zadina type player yeah. that can kind of break a game open. They're really like some of these smaller countries, they don't have necessarily uh players like that. And so it is a bit surprising to see some of these big upsets, especially with how stacked like some of these top countries are. Like Sweden's got a great roster. Canada's got uh, a lot of really high draft play, high drafted players, and obviously Connor Bedard, who projects to be you know the next NHL kind of superstar. Um, I think kind of lost in all that though is one of the players I had the I pulled up the other day the list of kind of the top scorers uh, in the tournament so far, and the highest scoring defenseman right now is Ludwig Jansen, the Florida Panthers' fourth-rounder from 2022. It, th- there's really no surprise there, I think. He, he, you get you get set up with a name like Ludwig right off the bat. Elite, <laughs> na- elite name selection, without Odds a Odds are in your favor. Right? Like, it is just one of those names where it's like, he just sounds like a, a hockey player. He sounds yeah. like... He sounds like an 18 season NHLer to me. Exactly. Um, but he's had like he's had like an a decent year this year uh in the uh playing in the Alsvenskan in Sweden. His like his numbers, he's put up more points than he did last year in like 20 fewer games. Um so he's had a good year. That being said, he has been excellent for team Sweden in this tournament. Um, and he's kind of that modern day two way defenseman, not not huge, but also not that small. Like he probably will need to add a bit of size. Like I think he's only like six feet tall, probably like one hundred and seventy something pounds. But I think there's a there's a really promising sign. I think for the Florida Panthers, a team that a doesn't have a lot of high draft picks, but also mm-hmm. doesn't have uh, a ton of really good D prospects. It, yeah, it's it's really good. Like, that's just I couldn't really name a top four D prospect they have in their system right now that I would be confident is going to develop into a top four. Like, is the closest? Are you thinking John Ludwig? Like that? That's what it is. Like that. That that's another. And one. he's not. He's not a highly touted pick by any means. No, the thing is like. Historically, the Panthers have used their higher draft picks. When they've had them, they've used them more on forwards. And then, obviously, the one on Spencer Knight. They don't typically go the D route uh, outside of, obviously, Aaron Eckblad, which was a no-brainer. But to me, they're going to need players like this, later draft picks. They're going to need some of them to really pan out for them. And I think this is a good you know, early indication from, from, from Jansen. It's a player, like, I didn't know a ton about him when they drafted him, um, but I've watched him play a bit this year, uh, watching some of the, the Swedish league games. And I think there's definitely potential here for him to be, you know, an NHL player. And so far in this tournament, he's shown really well. Kind of reminds me a little bit of when we saw the similar things with Devin Levi at the World Juniors a few years ago, when he kind of, made a name for himself in that tournament and then has since obviously departed to the Buffalo yeah. Sabres organization. Yeah, definitely. Like 
it's so the world juniors are very much an opportunity for players to showcase themselves like that's that's what it is is and and every year there is a surprise and a, it's a positive surprise yeah i i completely agree i also think do you th- like i want to know your take on this too like sometimes a world junior performance though can also cause people to maybe overhype certain prospects 1000% right which is it's it's a tough line to walk where you want to get excited about guys they have a good tournament but if you read into it too much then they can disappoint you down the line off the top of my head like a guy like Philip Sedina would come to mind right a couple other guys um who've played in the tournament once they've been drafted have had great tournaments and then gone on to pretty much be fringe NHL players at best so you don't want to read into it too too much but I guess them doing something at least is better than them doing nothing exactly like and I I think that the players that excel in the tournament and end up ultimately busting are are much rarer than players that excel in the tournament and then excel in their careers afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, so there, he's kind of got that going for him in a way. Um, I think but, it also like has to do with like what your like free tournament expectation is of them and like where they were drafted. If they've been drafted, like if a guy goes in the first round, yeah, I'd kind of hope he has a good tournament. Exactly, exactly. But if you have a guy who's gone, you know, in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round and they're putting up respectable numbers, right, and they're playing mm-hmm. well for their country, then I think that's something to, to take note of. Like, at the end of the day, it's a fourth-round pick. If the, if he turns into an NHLer at all, that's a win. Exactly. Right, and that's how you have to look at it, right? You're not I looking agree. at him saying, oh, my goodness, you know, we have the next Derek Carlson on our hands. It's like, oh, this guy – could be a player exactly and he he already might be yeah like he's just you have to taper your expectations right like you can't just assume that that they're they're gonna make it or they're not gonna make it you just kind of gotta like just kind of follow along and and hope for the best yeah and i think it's also encouraging like with the european players who typically play on a larger ice surface to see them be able to to show what they can do on the on the smaller ice I think is a big thing uh, and we've seen some of that from some of the guys in this tournament uh, outside of him though are what are some other players that have really kind of caught your eye in this tournament either guys that have been drafted or even some of the draft eligibles uh, going into the next year's draft because the Panthers potentially could have a pick in the first round they could, um, which is good and bad. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think. It, well, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't hate it. Um, well, you know, you know what I don't like about I, it. Like, I, 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 yeah. Right. So, just to for, for any of our listeners who don't know, should the Panthers, the they've traded away their first round pick this year, but it is top ten protected. Should they land a pick in the top ten of the draft, they will keep it, and the pick will be deferred to to next season. The one challenge, and we kind of touched on a little bit before is that it's a great draft this year, but it is a pretty much forwards only draft. And for a team lacking defensively, that's not ideal. 
yeah, like at the end of the day, a good prospect is a good prospect, and I, I know Bill Zito will never say no to that, even though the, well, you, you obviously maybe a forward, right? Like obviously, like, you, you take the best player available in in the top ten, you hundred percent. But and, and you can always trade your pick. Like they they did it a couple times last year, and we I, who knows we might even see them reach for a defenseman. Like God only knows. Like I know teams did it last year. Um, so, but, but to come back to your, your initial question, and this is not a draft eligible player, but I think the, the one guy who's impressed me and it's probably should be the answer for every single person who's been watching this tournament is, and I'm blanking on his name. I know it starts with a B, the number 20 on Switzerland's defensive core. Uh, is that Biasca? Yeah. Excellent I think, player. I think he's 18th overall by Dallas last year. Oh, not him. Hold on. Uh, you're thinking of the, uh, the Swedish? Swiss. Swiss. Swiss? Oh, I know. Hold on. I'm. What's his name? I Hold on. I'm looking through the list here. Not him. Not him. It is not him. Hold on, let me look it up. I, he, he's huge. He's massive, right? Huge, huge. Because here's the thing: I remember going into that draft, I really didn't like this player. It's uh, Leon Bichel. Yes. Yeah, I really didn't like Leon Bichel going into the draft. Like his ability on the puck was not great, but he has been an absolute rock for the Swiss in this tournament. Like he has been ridiculous. He's huge. He's, uh, it's it's crazy. Like he's really really impressed me. Like uh, of all the players, I he's the one that I'm like, holy moly, I really liked uh, Czechia's goalie, Sachanek. Yeah, well, he plays seen, in the, he plays in the WHL, right? Like I've yeah, seen him play before. He's good goalie. Really good goalie, and it's his second time around. So um, that that's definitely been really impressive. Uh, but those are the two guys that to me really stand out. Yeah, those two. I, I think those are both both good picks, um, and both have had good terms. I mean, obviously, like. The easy answer for who's looked the most impressive is probably Connor Bedard, right? It's easily Con- it but, has to be Connor but Bedard. But it's, it's kind of boring, right? Like, kinda like like I get it. He's ridiculous, right? He's good, but I I think it's boring personally. And that's why I was I was actually like I know a lot of people were upset that Canada lost that game against Czechia to open the tournament, but I was like. Like we're still at the end of the day, you're still we're still gonna make the quarterfinal. We're still gonna play a team that we can easily beat in the quarterfinal. Like, who cares? Yeah, like I'm never like obviously I, like, like, I we're both we're both Canadian, little, right? Right? Like we're both Canadian, yeah. right? Obviously, you cheer for Canada, but I'm not like if they get upset, it's almost like you kind of want to root for the underdog a bit, right? Like exactly. It's like it's kind of nice to see every now and again. Um. You brought Czechia's goalie, by the way. I was like as good as Suchanik's been. Um, there is a Czech goalie draft eligible this year. I think it's Hrabel. Okay. I'm a big fan of, but he's not playing in this tournament. But he's also he's massive, really good goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you know we would be able to see him on the stage, but I get why we don't. Um, some of the other guys, like 
when you look at Canada, um, I thought Dylan Genther's been really good uh, for them, but you would expect that. Um, yep. Logan Stankoven, another forward. Personally, I thought he should have gone way higher in the draft than where he did go uh, when he fell to Dallas. Um, but he's he's another smaller kind of a feisty guy. Um, outside of that, uh, Bystead's been really good for Sweden. I've I've thought I kind of like his potential. I don't think he's the highest offensive ceiling necessarily, but he's kind of to me similar to like Anton Lundell is a bigger two way type center. Uh, and then I'm also a big fan of uh, Svozil on Czechia's back end. Yep. Yeah, really, yeah. really good defense. You know, I to be honest with you, like most of Czechia's entire team has been really, really good and really impressive. Yeah, they have. They've been very, very good um, in this tournament, and kind of a bit of a surprise. I mean, they like they've obviously like they have players, um, but. You know, just to see them do what they're doing. Yuri Kulich again, too, also um, big power forward. I'm a big Yuri Kulich fan. I think he leads the tournament in shots, or he's up there in terms of shots. Um, I really like his game. Uh, is there anyone who's disappointed you in this tournament? Oh, actually, hold uh, on. Draft eligible also. I really like Leo Carlson, the uh, Swiss yeah. forward. I think he's going to be a really good player. But is yeah, there anyone yeah. anyone disappointing you that you're like, I you you expect more from? Uh, Kevin Korczynski on Canada's blue line, to a certain extent, but it, it's tough. Like I I can always find a, a just. But isn't like for... Korczynski kind of just like a poor man's Denton Matichuk? Matejczyk didn't even get invited to the camp. <laughs> and and if Matejczyk's there, they blow out Czechia. I'm, I'm just saying. There's a few roster moves that if... Well, they're all... I, 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 I don't know. I, I, won't, I won't talk about it too much, but like, there's definitely a few roster moves on, on Canada that I'm like... Hmm. I, have a, I, I, have I don't been, know about that. I don't know about that. I've also been a bit underwhelmed with like Fantilli. To be honest with you, I wasn't at the start. And then he got rocked in the Czechia game. He did get rocked. And that's where, like, his first shift was unbelievable. Well, anyone can be good for a shift. But, you know, like, he was looking really good. And then he got absolutely clocked. And then he gets put on the fourth line. And we haven't really seen him since. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they might be Charlotte, but I expected like more. I'm not a huge, huge like Adam Fantilli fan. Like, I think there's a big gap, not a big gap. I think there's a gap between some of the other players I would like in this draft uh, over him. Um, also, uh, Edward Saleh, Chalet, the Jack uh, yep. forward, healthy scratch or 13 forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Like, young guy like that yeah for me it's like for, for a guy who's draft like for draft eligibles it is uh i'm less like all oh, like i would expect more out of a guy just because like 
some teams they want to go with their older players, the more experienced players. Like at the end of the day, it really is more of a 19 year old tournament mm-hmm. um, than it is for a 17 or an 18 year old. Um, so like, again, I really shouldn't even knock like Fantilli that hard either. Um, but you know, some of the guys that have been, there are guys that have been drafted where I'm like, I would probably want to see a bit more out of them. Definitely. Um, and it just, hasn't really happened like so we'll see like it's <clears throat> there's still lots of tournament left to play um so far what would be your prediction for who wins this tournament i i think canada will end up winning canada um, wow yeah i uh i don't seems know if... a bit biased no no not even because <laughs> I, 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 I don't even like I don't even care if Canada wins that much. No, it's like, they, like you know, like it's it's fun, but it's like it's just it's the regular, it's the plain old thing. I would care, like I just want. I like for, for for the sport of hockey, there is nothing that I would like more than for Czechia to win. I think that would be fantastic. I think we need somebody other than Canada or the U.S. to win at some point. Yeah, it is weird. That, we haven't like, really, we haven't really experienced that in our lifetime, eh? Well, there's the the 2016 Finland team was disgusting. But like Finland, like that's that's a hockey powerhouse. You so haven't seen someone Sweden. outside like so the top, is like, Russia. Yeah, like it would be nice to see a smaller country win. Czechia is probably the best bet for that. Um, I don't know. I almost kind of like approach this tournament is like a neutral fan where I kind of don't care that much. I kind of just want, like I'll root for an underdog and I kind of just want a good game. Yeah. I kind of just want some excitement, a little controversy, a couple upsets, right? I just want to be entertained. Exactly. I looking for entertainment, nothing. That's what I don't like. There's no appeal to watching an 11, nothing route of Austria. No, like it just, it isn't fun it can't be fun for anybody right and that's the thing too like when you look at like stats for players for this tournament like you have to keep in mind what country they play for like if you put up like putting up seven points on team canada is way less impressive than putting up seven points for czechia exactly like and and it's fun for bedard to be breaking all these records but at the end of the day like you're counting seven points in an austria in against austria and you're talking in your Six points, five points against um, the other bad team, uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah, like you're kind of just padding your stats at that point, no? Yeah, right. You really are. It's like what a lot of guys do in like junior hockey when it's like they're very clearly like too good for that level. Yeah. And so they go in to play like a bottom feeder team in that league, and they just like feast, and they'll put up like six points, and then they'll like blank against like a couple. Like, yeah, it, it can be a bit deceiving in terms of a player's ability, just looking at that level, looking at just numbers. You I need agree. a lot. You think you need a lot more context around it to understand how good a player is, but you know, it's world juniors. It's a fun time. Uh, love watching it every year. We had a lot of fun at the world juniors uh, in the summer. Yeah. Getting to watch Canada. Good times. 
really good times. Like yeah. it's 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 always a fun tournament for sure, and I love it. It's like there's so many Canada fans out there, and they, you know it's everyone has a ton of fun and they really get into it. But it's just the competitiveness of the tournament, and I I, I don't want to not. I'm just saying, if Russia were in this tournament, I think we'd be. It's a. It changes a lot. It does change a lot. Like obviously, like they're not in the tournament, right? Like I get why, but yeah, it does. When with a sport like hockey, when you don't have that many truly elite countries at the sport, kicking one of them out really hurts the quality of the product. And I would imagine this is what like the U.S. would feel like like baseball or basketball yeah we're just like what's even the point like what are we doing here exactly like i just so but yeah it's 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 still fun to watch but it it could be so much more exciting right yeah it really could but yeah what are you gonna do uh we'll move on though into an ad read here and then we'll uh, we'll talk some panthers hockey because we have missed the last three weeks um so we'll get into some of that and talking about uh, some of our favorite, least favorite kind of things from 2022 in the Florida Panthers. But hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. The Florida Panthers. Um, What a year 2022 has been for the Florida Panthers. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of good, a lot of bad. Uh, Obviously, this is a team that 2022, they win their first ever President's Trophy. It's a year that saw them win a round against the Washington Capitals and then get swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning a year where they traded one of their cornerstone franchise players for another cornerstone franchise player a year that saw them just yeet away draft picks like they were nothing uh so what's going on with the Panthers throughout the year I want to know what was your favorite Panthers moment from 2022 can be a game can be a goal Uh trade could be anything i think honestly like i think one of them is the has to be the president's trophy which like like, is it a stanley cup no but is it still called a win it's just like to think that you've been the best team over the course of 82 games among the entire league it's not it's such it's such a difficult feat to accomplish when you think about it it really is. It really is an incredibly hard trophy to win. Uh, the President's Trophy, like, when you talk about sample size, like, it's a much larger sample size in the playoffs. It's very hard to win the President's Trophy to be the best team in the league over the course of an 82-game season, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers, they managed it out last year for the first time in franchise history. Absolutely incredible. I know it's not the trophy everyone wants, but it still is something. It still is, you know, a nice little nod. And I think, you know, for a long time, I think people will talk about that 2021-2022 Florida Panthers team and talk about them as being, you know, at this point, the best team in franchise history. Hopefully they eclipse that. But uh, it really was like a truly incredible year for the team. Um, when you think about where they were just a few years ago, like when we started doing this podcast, this team was in shambles. Like it, it wasn't good. Like it was a mid rebuild. They had just lost out on Panarin. Like it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Right. They lost on Panarin. They'd signed Bob and Mike Matheson, Keith Yandel, Anton Strawman, all on the books. I mean, and the team, they've they turned it around over the course of the last year, maybe a step back this season. But I think you have to look at that accomplishment. The present trophy is one of the best moments um, over the last year. For me personally, Carter Verhage's overtime goal uh, is the highlight for me that he scored against Washington. Because... That wasn't an easy series for the Panthers. There were a lot of times where they didn't look great in that series, right? Washington's goaltending, they were getting good goaltending. The Panthers were getting okay-ish goaltending. They kind of, they needed something to get the momentum in their favor. And I think that goal by Verhage, I mean, I think it was second in that game, was kind of the turning point. And what allowed them to go on win that series, something we haven't seen, uh, you know, in our lifetimes, the Panthers winning a series. I, yeah, I, I, that was, that was special to me. I think that you got me thinking now and there was, we saw so many comebacks in 2022. The comeback hats was very much. I I mean, obviously the one that, that, that jumps out to me was the one against Toronto. Toronto comeback, New Jersey comeback. Like, there were some big comeback games. There were some huge comeback games, and that was so impressive to watch. And it's just, it always kept you engaged in every game, no matter what the score was. So, I, I, to me, that's that was a highlight of watching the Panthers in 2022, was just the resilience and the... Yeah, that's the thing. It was like, you could turn on a Panthers game at any point, regardless of the score, and know you're going to get a good game. Yeah. Right. You know they're not just gonna like they're not gonna be down four or five goals and just give up, right? They're gonna push. Exactly. Right. They're not gonna just, you know, lay down and die. They're gonna go out there and fight for it. To me, like that was a huge part of their identity last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and was I think it's a really good point. Was one of the highlights was just uh some of those huge, huge comeback wins. Mm-hmm. Um other ones, there were some good, like there, there were a lot of great moments, most of them from last season. This season less so it's it's a little tougher and i i do love like obviously matthew the matthew kachuk trade i think well, 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 well okay well so there. so my next question though was what is your favorite and least favorite move the team has made over the last 12 months um and you're i think gonna say matthew kachuk trade is your favorite yeah yeah i think i think that has to be that has to be up there. It's definitely not my least favorite. My least favorite would probably be bringing, bringing in, and I hope they count as the same thing, but 
bringing in Mark Stahl and Eric Stahl. Like, that's just... I would, yeah, you could group them together. Terrifying to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you want to know what, like, and in, in especially given the, the season that Huberto's having, Uyghur just scored his first as a flame last night. Um, like, I think that you look at that and... and you can't help but grin a little if you're a Panthers fan. And, you know, you got Matthew Kachuk, who's on pace for a 100-point season. Um, I, uh, like, that's, that's got to be the highlight. Is the, the Kachuk trade? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have to be for me as well, bringing in Matthew Kachuk. I think it is tough. Like, he's had he's had a tremendous season, right? And, you know, Jonathan Huberto, he's turned it on lately, but he struggled, especially early on for Calgary. Mackenzie Weger's been good defensively, but his offense hasn't been there like it has been um, in years past. Like, but, not, not only does, does has Huberto not been producing, is he's also earning more than Kachuk long term. Well, that's like that's the thing is like it was a far sighted move from the Panthers, right? It wasn't they weren't looking at it in the context of a season, right? They were looking at it as like. What's our future? And obviously, like, I'm sure, you know, it caused maybe a bit of friction in the dressing room. But I think you can't, you would have a really hard time arguing that that trade didn't make them better for the long term. Didn't keep, like, it keeps their window open longer. The better player, cheaper. And once you have some money coming off the books, you're going to have some flexibility to add around that core, which I think is a better core than what they had before. And it's going to be a cheaper core. Yeah, and I, I think at the end of the day, the only thing that would have been better in making that move would have been, like, having a better pipeline, a better prospect system behind you uh, to be able to hopefully fill the voids that you're filling with veterans, with younger guys that will be able to, you know... Instead of your Eric to, and Mark Stalls. Just be able to keep up with the play and that kind of stuff. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was a, a necessary move, and... It's something that I, I don't think happens enough in, in hockey. And we see it happen a ton, a ton in basketball. And, you know, I'm thinking of the Utah Jazz. Is you see teams just blow up their cores and, and just trade away superstar for superstar, trying to spice things up, always trying to get better to, to win. And we see very, very little of that in hockey. Like superstars you see very, very never few. get traded. And to, to have a trade of that magnitude is it's exciting. You see people like credit to Bill Zita, but also credit to Brad Tree Living. Like you don't see two guys in the NHL step up and try and switch things up like that very often. So it's I, I really, really like that type of stuff. Yeah, well, because you'll, you'll see superstars get traded in the NHL, but it is pretty much always for prospects and picks. Right. Very rarely yeah. do you see star player for star player. Exactly. Here we go. And there's always, and there, there's, they never do it just, just for the hockey, right? Like the last one, the last superstar that got traded was uh, probably Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go Jack Eichel. But like Jack Eichel hadn't played for the Sabres in like two years. Like it's not the same. Right. And it is, but even when like star players get traded in hockey, like most of the time they're kind of forcing their way out. Exactly. Right? Like, this, the who wrote for Kachuk trade doesn't happen if Matthew Kachuk wants to stay in Calgary. Yeah. Doesn't, right? No. Right? Like, I don't think the Panthers go into the offseason thinking, we need to trade Jonathan Huberto, right? 
but then something comes up, a player's available, he wants to come play for you, and you look at the options and you say, if this is what we're going to need to give up to get it done, we do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I love that from, from both GMs is just making a huge trade like that. The fact that it's worked out so well for the Panthers in terms of what Matthew Kachuk's brought, not in terms of overall team performance, which I don't put on Matthew Kachuk. I think they'd be as good or worse right now with Jonathan Huberto in the lineup. Um, but to pull off a trade like that, to have Matthew Kajak playing the way he is, um, already like a fan favorite type player, which yeah. you knew he was going to be just the way he plays the yeah. game. To me, that's gotta be the best move. Least favorite move for me. You mentioned the stalls. I'm gonna go with the Ben Sherratt trade. Yeah, because I think Ben Sherratt is bad. I thought that before the trade. I thought that after the trade. I thought they gave up too much in the trade, and. It worked out poorly. And you saw the Panthers in the playoffs, right? Like you bring in a defense in like Ben Sherratt, right? Because you want to add some toughness, right? That's kind of what he is, right? He's not like greatness, stability, like yeah. Like he, he's just like a big kind of like not that fast, slow defense. Like he's just a big there's a you know, meat and potatoes type defenseman, right? And I would get it if this if that Panthers team was like relatively soft and you wanted a kind mm. of guy who would go in there and grind it out. But you have Sam Bennett, you have Radko Gudis, you have Ryan Lombard. You didn't need another guy going out there trying to bash someone's head in, right? You kind of needed someone who could just like defend well. Yeah. And so they gave up a lot, a lot for Ben Sherratt. And it really didn't work out. Not so at all. To me, I think they... I think that's the worst move because I think they went after the wrong player and they gave up too much to get him. They misjudged what he was going to bring to the table and it resulted in a second round playoff exit. Not solely, but like in addition to other factors. So to me, that's the worst move. Um, I would also, last question here before we end things. Um, who has been the breakout player of 2022 for you, for the Florida Panthers? Hmm. Uh, Still on the team or no longer on the team? It can be either. Can be either. That's the thing. Okay. It's the because we're not going by the season. We're going by calendar year. Yeah. Because it's New Year's. I have a very clear pick in mind, by the way. I mean, it would have to be Mason Marchment from last year's team, like in terms of just excellent player, pure improvement and progression. Like Marchment was was just a completely different players from the, the previous season. Right. Like I think um, the season before, like he kind of showed some flashes of like, but not flashes of like what he then became. I mean, you know? like he, he showed that like, all right, you know, he's, you know, he's an NHL player and he's got a little bit of offense to him and grind it out. Right. I don't think anyone saw what he did coming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brandon Montour would have to be there, uh, be up so there that was, as well. That was going to be my pick. Yeah, right, because I thought he had a, re- I thought he had a good year last year, right? And like the thing with Brandon Montour is, he maybe didn't 
catch people totally by surprise in terms of, you know, he was like a prospect with some hype around him, right? Mobile kind of defenseman. Mm-hmm. And he still was that, you know, for the first little while there for, for Florida, right? None of that was necessarily new. Um, but I think he's, especially this season, I think, you know, he's had more of a role without Mackenzie Weger there. He's had to step up a bit. Yeah. But he has absolutely, you know, answered that bell. He's lived up to, you know, he's helped fill in that gap a little bit, especially offensively, defensively. You know, this team, we know about their issues defensively. But in terms of what he can do with the puck, I think Brandon Montour is genuinely a game-changing type of defenseman for this Florida Panthers team. And this yeah. and this season, he's just been unbelievable. Yeah, like, it's it's been ridiculous this season. Like, absolutely, it's been absurd. Right, and especially, you know, when you factor in, like, he was already going to have to play an increased role because of no Mackenzie Weger, but then you factor in Aaron Ekblad's injury, right? And this guy right now, he's sitting seventh in the NHL in scoring by defenseman. Mm-hmm. And I, that's like, that's what, talk about like one of the most frustrating things about 2022. Aaron Ekblad's injuries. Another, yeah, has oh to be. Oh my God, just brutal. Right. Like, catch a break. Yeah. Like we had, yeah, the injury last year was really, really tough. And then to get hurt again early on this season, at least, you know, wasn't as bad as uh, the one last year. But Aaron Eckblad staying healthy is definitely something, you know, I'm hoping to see more of in 2023. Uh, anything else you're hoping to see from the Panthers over the next year? What's your Panthers wish list for, for the upcoming year? Uh, playoffs? Is that is that too much to ask for? Is it too much to ask for? Well, I think no. Like realistically, it's so tough because I think when you look at this team, right, there are so many good things about it, right? But then there's also just also I by just, the way, real quick one to mention. By the way, you're talking about injuries. Uh, uh, Sorry, about Alexander Barkov coming back from injury. First period hat trick the other night. Unbelievable. <laughs> Four points or five points. Like, it's, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and I was like, holy. And then, but, but it kind of gave me like false hope. I was like, oh my goodness, are the Panthers a wagon again? And then they got dummied by Carolina. And I was like, yep. never mind. And that is, the, that is the story of the Panthers this season. It's just the inconsistency of like, give me hope and then rip it away. But um, playoffs. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I think. Love but, to see okay. Okay. Play here's healthy. the thing. Here's, here's the thing. If, if we don't make the playoffs, do you want to be drafting in the top 10? Yeah. Why would okay. I want to miss the playoffs and draft and not draft okay. at all? No, no, I, I, I agree. And then you, you, next year you hopefully make the playoffs and then you can give Montreal that right. first pick. And the thing is, there's just so many, like, there's, yeah, there's just so much good and so much bad with this team. Like, offensively, they're unbelievable. So many guys having terrific offensive years. They can't defend to save their lives. I'm still, I'm not sold on the coaching. Like, you know, letting some leads slip away. It's like, mm. so I'm just, 
I'm not sold on the team overall, but I think there there's going to be more opportunity in upcoming years, right? Like for them to, to get better and to, to get some money off the books. My big thing for 2023 is just to have some guys leave. Yeah. would be nice. And I don't want to name names, but stalls. <laughs> Bob. And- Exits this way. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's like, do you think, okay, wait, if Sergei Bobrovsky retired today, do they still have to pay a salary? They still have a recapture on it. I didn't. Yeah, because they signed him to the contract. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know they would be getting the recap, but how much is it? I don't know. Does Cap Friendly have a calculator for that? Let me. I I can go check that. I don't think they do. I would have used it by now. Like they have a buyout calculator tools. Yeah, I looked at the buyout calculator. It wasn't bad either. But like, what if you just went to Sergey Bobrovsky and said, "Look, you've got a family now." You know, you got your your wife, your kids. How about you take a nice early retirement? You'll still get a little bit of money, and we'll tell you what, we'll toss your number up in the rafters. Yeah, waivers calculator, buyout calculator, qualifying offer calculator. I'm not seeing you know what? Let me let me I'll send a quick email to Cap Friendly. We'll get back to you for the next okay. Yeah, okay. But realistically, like money leaving would be the ideal scenario because the reality is, is there are just like too many bad contracts on this team right now. And the reality is, is in the NHL to win the Stanley cup, you can't have bad contracts. You just can't. No, I don't think the Colorado avalanche had a single bad contract on their team. Tampa Bay. I don't think had a bad contract on their team. They had a couple that were slight overpaced, but slight, right? Like you can't have a guy playing at a two million dollar level making 10 million dollars it just doesn't work no it does not right to be competitive and so what i'm hoping to see and that's more off-season stuff but i think i would definitely like to see them make some changes defensively but the issue is they can't make those changes unless some guys exit yeah and one of the big things is like you're still paying Keith Handel 5.4 million this year, which is going to, it's going to be nice when it goes down to 1.2 next year. That is excellent. Um, Are they still paying Strawman? Uh, no. They're only dead cap. They only have Keith Handel and Scott Darling. Scott Darling. I know. Don't even. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't know how it's possible. How have they just thrown this much money at like not good goalies? It's it's crazy. But they didn't even sign Scott Darling, right? Like that was it was just such a mess. They uh, anyways. Um, Cap dumped. And it's for Reimer. Yeah, it was it was with Carolina. It was like I I can't remember exactly. It was like slightly less money, but for a way worse goalie. Yeah. And then they just bought him out. Yeah, and then Scott Darling works as an analyst now. Exactly. He was good though for that like couple months. He was. He was real good. I love. I love a good flash in the pan goalie. Yeah. Like oh, remember like Bubble Demko? 
dude, that guy was so good. And then, like, he just comes in this year and, like, is good and then just gets injured. Yeah. Don't you just hate that? Like, players that, like, perform and then they just, like, will get injured? I don't understand it. I don't understand Why? it. Why? What are you doing? No, like, if I, if personally, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I Like, I just wouldn't have it. <laughs> Right, if like if my ACL started to tear, I'd be like, "No, you're not." <laughs> nope, don't think so. <laughs> you're not allowed to. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, there's some money coming off the books would be nice. Yeah, and I, I, there will be some next year, but you're still stuck with the big one, which is Bobrovsky. You still, you know, you're you're still paying guys that probably just don't want to. But I, I think that after next year, like things are gonna change. Like it's it's gonna be a lot better. I know, and it's just like at this point, it's like it's it's really just getting through this season. Yeah, I think you kind of just have to like soak it. You know, yep. The old take a hit to make a play. Exactly. And that hit just happens to be an entire eighty-two game season. Like it's fine. Exactly, it's fine. Right? Fine. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. But then, of course, like they also could like fuck it up. Like they're like like that's the like that like realistically, we talk about it as if like oh my goodness, money comes off the books, boom, the team's better. The reality is like there are lots of teams who have had off seasons where they've had a ton of money to spend and have not spent it wisely. Like I, I I don't know maybe maybe Paul Maurice really really likes Mark Stahl and uh, maybe he wants to keep him. Oh my! If he really likes Mark Stahl, then the two should just like get a timeshare somewhere, hang out, and get away from the team. But like, <laughs> like I, I uh, it's baffling. To Do me. you think it's also a bad look on Paul Maurice that the Winnipeg Jets are just like unbelievable this year? It's not a good one, but it's not, like, the worst one either. Like, he's been away from that team for a while, no? Well, he left last season, and then it was his assistant that took over Adam Lowry's dad. And you're not going to believe this. Adam Lowry's ice time did go up when his dad was coaching. But yeah, and I, I hear the guys did not like him. Dave Lowry? Yeah. Well, they must be loving Rick Bonus right now. Because Bones has got them absolutely cooking. Cooking. You know you're a good coach when you can just rip the C away from your captain, give it to nobody in the Steam team still. Well, and your captain's not even and he's not even there. Blake Wheeler's just chilling at home. So good. And he's just like, no, nope, it doesn't matter. We're still like Nikolai, like if you look at Winnipeg right now, and I know this isn't a Winnipeg Jets podcast. Like, I I don't don't worry. I know that, right? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I know it's not a Winnipeg Jets like thing, but when you look at their lineup of guys they have actively playing for them, and you're telling me this team is second in the Central Division, you'd be shocked. Like you'd be absolutely shocked. Let me look, let me look at their lineup from yesterday and just read you the names of some guys. Like you cannot tell me this is a better roster than what the Florida Panthers have. The goaltending is better. I will concede that. Right. Hmm. But where is it? Give me the team stats. Let me break it down. Let me read some names. Jansen Harkins. Fodder. <laughs> right? That's just a body. 
No disrespect to Jansen Harkins. I know Paul Maurice really liked Jansen Harkins too. Adam Lowry, third liner. David Gustafson, not even a top 10 Gustafson in the league. Carson Kuhlman, no. Kevin Stenland, I actually do like Kevin Stenland. Morgan Barron, Mark Shifley is good. Axel Janssen Fialbi, Pierre Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor. Who is this? Reichel? Who? Sam Gagne still in the league? Let's look at that defense. A thousand games, actually. A thousand games for Sam Gagne. If you I, know, love Sam, I, lo- yeah, I love yeah. Sam Gagne. Yeah, Big time player. Him, yeah. Love Sam Gagne. London Ice legend. Dylan DeMello, Neil Pionk, Brendan Dillon, Vili Hanola, Josh Morrissey, Dylan Sandberg. How is that team doing good? Like, it, they just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, it doesn't make sense. Christian Reichel. Who is this? He's from most Czechia. Like, what? So it cannot be a good look. It can't, it's not no. a good look for Paul Maurice. No. That good old Rick. I like Rick Bonus as a coach, man. Good coach. Really Clearly. Solid. Right. Would be nice. Wish my team had a Rick Bonus. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, it was crazy. Like, there were so many coaches, like, available in the summer, right? So many coaches going to new places, and they went Palmeries. Why? I, 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 you know the the Philadelphia signing Tortorella to that long of a deal too. Like there were some really interesting moves, and then some teams hit home runs, like Vegas, Boston. Boston. Winnipeg. In Winnipeg. And Dallas, I would say. Your yeah, guy, Pete yeah. DeBoer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got him cooking. Yeah, I guess. Like, as much as you're not a big Pete we DeBoer have guy. To, we have to give it to him, yeah. You have to, yeah. Like, you got to recognize they're first in the Central. Exactly. Right. But all those guys available, yeah, and the Ports and Palmeries. So, come on. Yeah. At least, like, Ports was always going to be hilarious in Philly. Exactly. And he he's delivered. Fit- he scratched their leading score. That's unbelievable stuff. Yeah, he was going to fit their mold perfectly. Right? Like, he's just he's just so good for, like, the content. Exactly. Really, what Paul Maurice is doing is nothing. Right. Like, yeah, he's got a good quote every now and again. The reality is, like, quotes are worth zero points in the standings, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this team is hovering. Above John Tortorella's flyers by a thread. Yeah, I wonder if he thinks that he's going to get like a, some sort of bonus if he plays like guys 35 and up enough. Yeah, like does like Mark Stahl need to play like another like 30 games for his like pension or something? Like what is this? Like is that is that it? Like maybe we get extra points? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's a mystery. Um, But yeah, here's hoping for some better Panthers hockey in 2023. Some more some more big moves. Lots of fun ahead. Most likely not, though. We'll see. Either way, thank you so much for tuning and listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and we'll see you all then.
Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable.